From the Aleuts at Kizar to the glory days at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. Welcome to the show, everyone. This is going to be a good one because training camp was absolutely fantastic today. Pads were on. The rain was coming down. The 49ers Cutback crew was in the building. There was a bunch of people that came through and said, what's up to me uh, from the Cutback crew themselves all the way to other content creators. It was, it was a really good day out there. Everyone was hyped and excited to see the 49ers in pads, but to also see... Debo Samuel, because Debo Samuel was in the building and Debo Samuel was getting down. It was very exciting. It was a lot of fun to watch. I know I enjoyed myself very much and there was a lot to take away from camp and we're going to be getting into all of that as well. And then what is up to everyone that's in chat? Uh, I'm glad to see everyone filling up and populating chat. Let's have a great conversation. Let's talk 49ers football. I know I'm excited about it. And what's up, Spy Nick Danger? What's up, Marvin? Hope you guys are having a good day. It was a great day. And uh, anytime that you can get out there to Santa Clara and be able to watch the San Francisco 49ers practice, it is an absolute treat. And the fact that you were going to hear a little bit of of banging, a little bit of uh, th- you know pads hitting, uh, made it a little bit more exciting. And there were some things that... Got to see right away, you know, players starting to take an advancement, players starting to make some moves. And for all of you that have been on the Jordan Mason bandwagon, I've watched Jordan Mason now the entire training camp, and I have some cool things to say about him. So if you're a Jordan Mason fan, stick around. I'm definitely going to get into all that. Um, But first off, I want to start with a little bit from uh Debo Samuel first off he's out there he's padded up and he was actually participating more than what I had thought about so uh that is something that's nice to see is Debo Samuel getting involved the other thing that was nice about Debo Samuel is a little bit of the information that came out involving his contract uh the fact that he's going to get money extra money for the amount of carries and the amount of yards he's going to have on offense means wide back Debo Samuel is here to stay and we know Kyle Shanahan is not going to care if he meets all of those numbers he's just going to use him in the best way to help this football team I still believe it's going to be tempered they're not going to go full out with using Debo Samuel in the backfield all the time I think they'll give him carries here and there until they need to ramp it up at the end of the year if needed or to finish off a football game because when it comes down to it it's about winning football games but Debo looked good Debo looked comfortable he was out there he made a couple of catches uh golden 510 what's up I hope you're having a great day uh said how about that Kittle stiff arm yeah, Kittle was out there getting it done. You know, Kittle Kittle made a couple of plays. They did some red zone situations, and Kittle had a nice touchdown where he got it inside the pylon. So George Kittle was making plays today as well. Of course, the defense is still the shining star amongst the entire 49ers uh, team because the defense is fantastic. Uh, they've got all three levels working, you know, together. Now, we did not get a Javon Kinlaw sighting today. Um, we're looking forward to hearing, you know, exactly what Kyle Shanahan thought about that. If he said something already, my apologies, uh, drove to Santa Clara, watched training clamp, drove back from Santa Clara and got here ready to get live. And, and thank you, Jay Ellie, uh, for renewing your, your membership and, and being a part of the cutback crew, uh, really, really appreciate that. And you know what, when it comes down to this team, you think that they're probably going to be working Kinlaw in. And the the fact that they've had injuries along the interior defensive line already, I'm sure they're going to be very, very careful with him because that is something that they need. They need Javon Kinlaw. They need Eric Armstead. And Jan comes through with, you're not wrong, my guy. Definitely not when it comes to this. Uh, So... I think that they need to do that. That's something that they're going to continue to work on is making sure they're, you know, instituting these guys uh, nice and slow, make sure they're staying healthy uh, because you want these defensive interior defensive linemen healthy because just like today in practice, when the defensive line on the interior is playing well, Fred Warner, Dre Greenlaw, and Aziz Alshire 
are able to flow, able to get in run lanes and make plays. Fred Warner didn't have offensive linemen getting on him, which means he was able to make plays in the run game. And that is one of the things that was going on for this 49ers offense is at times the interior run game, the inside run game wasn't going very well because the 49ers were stopping it on the inside because they weren't able to get offensive linemen up to the second level to block Fred Warner. Whenever you don't do that, he's an all pro. He's going to make a play. And he did make plays. Lou says, Ant, they don't need Debo to do it all. They have Jordan Mason. I love the crying laughing face. And since Lou is in chat, I'll go ahead and talk about what I saw from Jordan Mason. Number one, he continued to show out in the passing game. He caught a ball over the middle. They motioned him out again. This is the, I've seen this several times now. He caught the ball going across the middle on a crossing pattern and then got upfield and got a nice chunk yard on a great play, a nice catch and run. Jordan Mason looks comfortable catching the ball in the backfield. He looks comfortable in a lot of areas. But what I saw today for the first time uh, that I've been watching him was a the vision uh, to be able to, he was running right, saw the C-gap open, hit a jump cut, got into the C-gap, pressed up to the second level where the linebackers were, saw they had overcommitted. Uh, he cut back towards the middle of the field and had a nice run. It was by far my favorite run of the entire day because Jordan Mason was using vision. He was using great footwork and balance. Uh, and that is what I want to see from these running backs. Those were the kinds of things I saw from Elijah Mitchell last year. Uh, some people might tell you Jamichael Hasty had the best run because he ran an outside sweep, juked a couple of guys, and then made a play. But I do believe Jordan Mason had the best run of the day. So for me, that was exciting. And we know I've had tempered expectations on Mason, but he's getting some stuff done. And then Ernest says, and I was excited for Ridgeway. How long is he expected to be out? The report that I saw was he's expected to be out two weeks. So Ridgeway should be coming back, you know, roughly for that last preseason game. Maybe I don't expect for him to actually participate in any of these preseason games. I think they know what they got with Ridgeway. He was doing a good job already. Uh, Ridgeway was playing very well. I know I was impressed with him early on. Of course, there was no pads, but you could tell the explosiveness, the way he was getting his hands on people. Uh, they were moving. He had heavy hands, and that's something that's definitely impressive. Jan says McLeod will do some run plays. Yeah, yesterday, uh, or I'm sorry, Saturday, they did use uh, McLeod in some run plays. They've started to institute the fly sweep, a little of the counter action as well. The offense, if you follow me on Twitter, you know they started implementing a little bit more of the creativity in the run game. You started seeing draw plays. Uh, you started seeing like some fakes on fly sweeps with a little pitch out to the running back. They were adding more things in. So I was definitely excited for all of that. I thought that the offense was is getting a little bit more difficult to read from the defense. The defense, when they're going against this 49ers base offense, understands what they're looking at by formation, personnel grouping. They know how this install works. It gives the defense a distinct advantage against the offense. The offense just needs to continue to roll. It's going to get better and better. You're getting Debo Samuel out there. That will help. Uh, but also, I think this offensive line needs to get more chemistry and camaraderie together. Anytime that it wasn't a rollout, anytime it wasn't a play-action pass, this offensive line struggled at times, and it wasn't just one spot. Sometimes it was on the outside. Sometimes it was on the inside. Uh, but it's just going to take reps. It's going to take consistency. First day in pads. So I'm going to wait and see how this develops through the week. If I see them make improvements, I'm going to come here and tell you they're improving and we have nothing to worry about. And if they're not improving, they're going to have to figure something out because right now they continue to have the right guard be Spen rookie Spencer Burford. Uh, Burford has moments of that he looks really good. He has moments where he looks like a rookie, and I think that can be expected from from him, a young guy. But you've seen also Banks, you know, a young guy, has moments he looks great has moments he struggles, but when you're going against a you know elite defensive line like they're going against, that's what's going to happen. Uh, Ronnie Montoya says, hey, did Jeff get a little dinged up? Um, Jeff Wilson Jr. did not practice today. So Jeff Wilson Jr. was on the side field working out. He was definitely moving around fast. I don't know exactly what happened to him to make him not practice. I don't know if it's a part of their plan. Um, I think he probably has something, some little ding that they didn't want him to have contact, but he was definitely working out and working out hard on a side field. Um, the one player I saw get hurt during practice was Jordan Matthews. He was right in front of us. They were doing one-on-ones. I believe he was going against George Odom. They were getting pretty physical. 
He tried to push George Odom to the side, and when he did, he reached down and grabbed his knee. He tried to run it off. He tried to work it out, but maybe 20 minutes after that, I seen a trainer take him into the locker room, so I don't know what the status is of Jordan Matthews, but it appears that he's injured his right knee in some capacity. Don't know if it's it's minor, major, just something to monitor as we continue to move on you know, through the rest of the week. So uh, I seen Ernest saying bye-bye, Jeff Wilson Jr., bye-bye, Hasty. Uh, it's going to be hard because Hasty is still making plays. I think the preseason games are going to decide the running back room. Do I like all the running backs? Yeah, I do. And and Hasty's the Hasty's absolutely nasty in the passing game. Uh, I mean, absolutely nasty. When they did one-on-ones, he was shaking people out of their pads. I felt bad for them. Uh, the, these running backs were really getting on these linebackers and making it difficult. But you would see all pro Fred lock people down. But you didn't really see anyone lock down Hasty. I would love to see Hasty versus Fred. And I wonder if uh, Fred would just get physical with them. But overall, it was it was some good matchups in those uh, areas. We saw it from wide receivers versus DBs, which, I mean, those are always going to favor the wide receiver. They know where they're going. They know what route they're running. Um, but it's, it's something to watch. And when these defensive players continue to stop them, you just have a lot of respect for their ability to go in there and make a play when it's one-on-one, -on -one, just you and that player. Because you don't always get those situations in the game. Uh, Ernest says Ridgeway is built like a tank. He will stop the run. Yeah, that's what Ridgeway is here for. Um, so it, it's exciting. And, and Paul says, hey, Ant, I'm not even home yet. Good seeing you today. It was very good seeing you, Paul. Uh, yeah, I didn't get in that much, you know, that long ago. Basically came in, set up the, the stream, got ready to roll, and, and here I am. So I understand why you wouldn't be home. Traffic is no joke out there. Uh, but yeah, it was fun seeing Paul. I also got to see a bunch of other guys as well, including 49ers George. It was really good to see 49ers George. He hung out and talked to us as well. Uh, Jay in the Bay came and said, what's up? So what's up to Jay in the Bay? It was really exciting. Uh, Jay Ali says, interior O-line getting destroyed. It's not getting destroyed, but what's going on is it's not holding up consistently. Um, there are moments where the offensive line holds up, and then, especially on, on pass plays, they hold up. It gives Trey Lance the opportunity to make the play. But the outside guys are having as much problems. I mean, Mike McGlinchey's having as much problems on the outside right now going against Nick Bosa. They've been consistently putting Bosa against Mike McGlinchey, and McGlinchey is definitely struggling at times. And who wouldn't against Bosa? But it's, it's something that they've been continually going to. And when Bosa gets around that corner, he's forcing these quarterbacks to step up. You did see uh, Trey Lance's ability to scramble on display. It would open up over the middle. He would take off and he would make some plays. But there were, you know, times that there wasn't a place to stand you know, to step up. And in those cases, it wasn't good. So they're definitely growing together. That's a interesting group up there. You have two young players, a rookie in Spencer Burford. And then you have Banks, you know, the second year man. And then depending on, you know, what time of the practice it is, either Jake Brendel or Daniel Brunskill at center. Um, they've had a rotation. You know, they've continued that rotation. You'll see Nick Zakel in there. Uh, you see Jason Poe in there, of course. They've continued to rotate these guys through. Uh, but consistently, that pocket, it starts to close. When you get two and a half, three seconds, uh, if that ball's not out, more than likely that quarterback has got a hand in his face or somebody's grabbing him already. That defensive line puts continuous pressure onto this 49ers offensive line. And right now, I think the O-line is still learning. Uh, they're still learning how to play together. They're still learning how to pass guys off. And I think you know somebody like Spencer Burford is still adjusting to the game. Imagine it being your first practice ever in pads against some of these really, really big defensive linemen. I think that he's just going to get better, but we'll see. I, I think I, I think we'll see. Lou says, I'm intrigued by Spencer Burford taking the first team reps on the O-line, but one has to wonder about the status of Jalen Moore. It's early, but the signs aren't pointed in the right direction. With Jalen Moore, I think a lot of what's going on with Jalen Moore is he's playing right tackle right now. Mike McGlinchey is still working in slowly. So he gets reps, but he's not in all the time. Uh, they're continuing their plan. I mean, he's coming back from a major injury, and part of that is Jalen Moore getting those reps. Now, 
Jalen Moore got a lot of those reps last year at right guard. He's more comfortable than a Spencer Burford, for instance, playing guard. So I think the 49ers are giving young players the opportunity to get extra reps. And, and right now, Burford's that guy. Moore's getting him next to him at right tackle. It's not a crazy difference between right guard and right tackle as far as your drops, your responsibilities, pushing to second level. So these guys keeping them on the same side, you could see them kind of interchange. But Working with these guys right now, it's important for Burford to get those reps. You have the defense. I mean, the you know, on the inverse, you have guys you know that need to get reps on the interior still on the other side, whether that's Aaron Banks, you know, and and, and Nick Zakel, they need to get it. Daniel Brunskill, for instance, he doesn't need those reps. Daniel Brunskill's already uh proven that he can play a right guard in this league. He's a serviceable right guard. What he's doing is taking snaps at center, so that way they can determine if it's going to be Brendel or Brunskill at center. If it ends up being Brunskill, they'll figure out what happens at guard, and I think they're hoping that it's going to be Spencer Burford. Uh, but we'll see how much Burford continues to improve. Tomorrow will be second day in pads. Let's see if he's figured out how to anchor. Let's see if he's figured out you know, what it means to play at this level. It's a lot to ask of a rookie, and we'll see if Spencer Burford's up for the challenge. Uh, Candy R says, Ant, do we get an urge to burn it down when you wear that shirt? Of course, always. Yeah, I think I think that's always the case, right? Um, Jay always says, thoughts on Akeem Spence, defensive tackle sign today. I did a limited you know, amount of study on Akeem Spence after I saw that he was signed. I think it's a guy that's he's a veteran. Uh, he's built that same size that you were getting from DJ Jones that you get from Kevin Givens. You know, uh, Maurice Hurst is a 6'1", you know, 300 you know, eight pounds, Kalia Davis build. Uh, so the, we know what these guys are. They're penetrators. He's played for a bunch of football teams. He's definitely a journeyman. I think he's somebody they're bringing in. I don't know what we're going to get out of him. Uh, I'm curious to see what he looks like. But right now, the 49ers are about depth. I don't think Akeem Spence has an opportunity to make this team. I think he is a camp guy right now because of injuries. But we'll see. You never count these guys out. They can always go in there and make an impact. What we have seen is them move other guys in. Uh, Alex Barrett has been playing a, a pretty much predominantly left or defensive tackle at this point. Uh, so that kind of has happened since all the injuries. He's rotated inside. And these outside edge rushers, I don't care who it is, whether it's you know from Bosa to Kamoko Ture to Jordan Willis, it doesn't matter. They're getting in there and they're, they're putting some major pressure on the quarterbacks. Uh, so Lay says move more to right tackle. That could happen. I don't believe he will start over Colt, uh, over um, Mike McGlinchey in 2022. He could eventually be the replacement for Mike McGlinchey in 2023 if they decided to save money and go with a cheaper option. But more has to continue to develop. Now, is he better than he was last year? Absolutely. And that's the one thing I can say about Banks and Moore compared to what I seen last year. They are better than last year. So that means Chris Forster and these guys know how to develop talent. We have to continue to believe that they're going to be able to do that with Spencer Burford. That we're going to have to see them do that with somebody like uh Dante or like uh West and also with Zakel. So hopefully those guys continue to develop. And thank you so much, James Hall, for subscribing. Really appreciate you subscribing and becoming a part of the cutback. True. Um, so Jan says Shani's really happy with the roster this year. He should be because there's talent all over the field. Everywhere you go out there, you can see immense talent. Then there's question marks at almost every single position about who's going to actually make this team and who's going to be released because of the amount of depth. I mean, if you're looking at the cornerback position, they were practicing right in front of us. And I'm, I'm looking at these guys. And I'm like, who are they going to cut? These guys are really talented football players. These guys all have very good technique and are getting better every single day. How are we going to narrow this cornerback room down to six? It's going to be difficult. You know, you look at the linebackers, you're going to really walk away from a Curtis Robinson, for instance. That's going to be tough. So, yeah, a lot of really good battles, a lot of very talented people all around the league. So it's, it's going to be fun to see how this uh, defense ends up looking, but this whole entire team, because it's an absolute battle. Uh, JLE says, how was Brunskill today? Brunskill continues to you know get more and more comfortable playing center. Um, there are moments he still looks a little uncomfortable, but he looks better every single day. From day one on Wednesday when I saw him till now, it's, it's not even the same player. He definitely looks more comfortable snapping, going through the things that he needs to do at that position. It's more difficult to play center than guard, so he's definitely adjusting to the position. I'm curious what he's going to look like you know, on, on Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, let's see what happens there, and let's see how much better uh, Brunskill ends up looking later this week. 
Jan Stewart says, how did Jimmy do in practice? Uh, Jan, uh, I know you know this because you're laughing, but no Jimmy in practice today. Uh, Jimmy did run yes, uh, Saturday, but he has. I did not see him today. No Jimmy Garoppolo. So we'll see what happens with Jimmy Garoppolo. Now that Debo Samuel's contract has been figured out, maybe they're going to figure out what's going on with Jimmy Garoppolo, and we'll get to some sort of resolution there. Uh, Shane, Arizona 40 yards Empire says, how is Banks looking? Trent said today he's been looking good physically and on the line. Yeah, I think Aaron Banks is drastically different than last year. If you went and watched Banks play last year in training camp, you know any of the snaps that he took, and then you saw him now, you would not even think it's the same player. The guy gets better every single day. Um, does he have his moments? Of course he does. There are moments where he looks like a young football player that still needs to develop some of the skills to be able to be a consistent blocker in this league. Um, but there are also moments you look at him and you're like, wow, wow, that this guy could be something special. So I think that Aaron Banks is one of those ones you're going to continue to hear you know, really good things about. I'm excited. Um, I'm excited about what he could do, but he's got some development that still needs to go in that interior uh, offensive line. Uh, B-Lift says, I know this may come off as biased comment, but I literally don't see how too many teams are going to compete with us with our potent offense and defense if Trey lives up to the hype. The defense is already there, B-Lift. I mean, the defense is absolutely fantastic. It's it's one of those ones, I, the, I mean, you're before there was always question marks around the cornerback room. Um, maybe there was a question in the safety room. But, I mean, Tauno Hufanga looks fantastic in the safety room. Tavarius Moore is coming on very nicely. It looks like they have a three-headed monster there with Jimmy Ward. Then you have Tarverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley, who they've begun flipping back and forth between left and right. Uh, they're, they're doing a lot of things with those guys, and those guys are absolutely locked down right now. It is tough sledding for this 49ers offense. When it comes to Trey Lance, uh, Trey Lance is getting better. Trey Lance continues to grow. As this offense continues to expand, I think Trey's going to do better. The one thing is Trey is still going through his reads. He's still learning to get the ball out on time. But just like today, he made an absolutely fantastic throw down the right sideline to Brandon Ayuk over the shoulder catch. It was a brilliant ball. Um, those are the moments you look at Trey and you're like, wow, this guy has some elite ability. And he's always looking you know, to get the ball in the right situations. He looked good in the red zone. Uh, the problem is right now we don't always give Trey Lance enough time with his offensive line going against his defensive line. And there are times that it's because his receivers are locked down. So he's having to scramble and run. But I think Trey is growing each day. He looks a little bit better. He looks a little, you know, he keeps growing in his position. And uh, I think he's just going to get better and better. And if you're, you know, if he does live up to that hype, like you said, B-Lift, um, this offense and defense is going to make it tough because Trey Lance's ability to help in the run game is going to be significant. They ran a lot of pistol today. They ran a lot of shotgun and a lot of read option looks, freezing defensive linemen and opening up running lanes for these running backs. Lou says, I like Brunskill, but he's an average old lineman who has played above the undrafted status. He's a valuable backup at all positions and an average center at best. You're, you're not wrong there. And then you said, currently neither Brendel or Brunskill project as a starter next year with all the young talent currently on the team. Uh, overpaying Brunskill as a free agent next year is unlikely. When it comes to it, Brunskill is still one of the most consistent offensive linemen on the entire 49ers roster. He doesn't miss football games. Mike McGlinchey misses football games. Trent Williams misses football games. And then there's a lot of unknowns. Aaron Banks, you know, uh, Spencer Burford, Jake Brendel. These guys haven't proven anything. The, the one proven commodity that plays every single day is Daniel Brunskill. And, you know, that's one of those things you can count on. And that was Brunskill and Lakin Tomlinson played every single snap every single week. So you know what you're getting with Brunskill. Is Brunskill a pro bowler? No, he hasn't proven to be a pro bowler. Is he a guy that overcomes obstacles and overcomes things to make plays when he needs to? Yes. So I think that Daniel Brunskill right now, I think they would love it if Spencer Burford took over that job at the right guard spot, if Daniel Brunskill was able to compete with Brendel and win the center job, and then they could you know, put somebody in there behind Daniel Brunskill that could develop. You're right. Brunskill's best value would be the sixth offensive lineman on this team. I just don't know if that's a possibility with the current roster the 49ers have right now. They might need him to be you know, a player that is one of the starting five. 
And if he's not a starting five, this offensive line is in a better situation than it was last year. If he's not, um, hopefully they're still better because, you know, they've improved another one of their positions. But there's still question marks on the interior offensive line. I do think they have a lot of a lot of work to do in there as far as chemistry and camaraderie with each other. Daly says, now that you've been to a few practices, is there a six wide receiver on our team? Uh, there is nobody that has come out and established himself as a six wide receiver. I mean, last year you saw guys really step up and, and make a lot of plays from the wide receiver room. We've seen it occasionally. The problem is, is it's tough sledding for our starters. So when the backups get in there, it's hard for them as well. They've had opportunities. There's guys that have made plays here and there. Um, but a lot of like the undrafted rookies and things, um, we just haven't seen a lot from them when it comes to 11 on 11. They haven't been out there making plays. We've seen them rotate a lot of those, you know, other veterans like, you know, Johnson and players like that. So I think that right now there's no set six. You know, I've been trying to figure out a way for there to be a six wide receiver. Right now I haven't seen it, uh, but we'll see what happens as we get farther and farther into this and they continue to expand the offense because, I mean, they want to take shots downfield. So if somebody, you know, goes ahead and provides them with that opportunity, I would guess they would get the opportunity to do so. Um, Let's see. Uh, Debo and pads didn't help either. Yikes. Uh, Debo made a couple of plays today. Debo definitely did. He just didn't play as much because they're working him in nice and slow. But when he was out there, he definitely draws the attention of the defense, which made it easier for other players. And we saw Jawan Jennings make a couple of plays. Uh, Jawan Jennings had a nice one-on-one where he defeated Charvarius Ward. And defeating Charvarius Ward has been uh, slim to none this, this whole entire training camp session because he's been fantastic. So I think that, um, you know, that's something to continue to watch the secondary. So it's going to be good. And 49ers Faithful Forever says, what's up, Ant? How's it going, 49ers Faithful Forever? I hope you're having a good one. Uh, Soli says, our starting O-line will be Williams, Banks, West, Poe, Moore, McGlinchey. Um, I think you might have one oh, more or McGlinchey. I don't think that West or Poe are going to start this year. Um, I think there's an opportunity for them down the road. Uh, I I think Poe has improved. I mean, drastically, in fact, from last week. I think Poe continues to get better. I don't see an opportunity for Poe to start this year, and I definitely don't see an opportunity for Donovan West to start this year because he's still relegated to the third string. There are other, you know, I mean, Brunskill and Banks are, de- Brun- I'm sorry, Brunskill and Brendel are definitely splitting snaps at the center position. And then I think after that, you know, you've got West. I just don't know if he's going to be able to make this roster. It's going to be a little bit, uh, a little bit difficult. So that's something to continue to watch. But I like both those players' athletic ability. Let's see if it translates. First day in pads. I want to see how Poe gets as we get more and more into this running game. See if he's able to get the second level. See if they're able to use him pulling when they're really running this gap scheme. Let's see how it how it works, and hopefully it's good because the offensive line is really fun to watch, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, 49ers Faithful Forever says, how does Tarverius Moore look? Moore looks good, and I feel like he looks better and better and more comfortable and comfortable every single day. He's a guy that's definitely out there making plays. He's had interceptions. He's had you know pass breakups. Tarverius Moore is definitely back athletically. He looks like he's moving around nicely. 49ers have shown some three safety looks recently, um, keeping him on the field with Jimmy Wartown Ufanga, keeping him on the field with other groupings as well. So I think Moore is going to be a significant player in the secondary because I they in 2019 when he was coming up with Jaquiski Tart, Jimmy Ward, they were playing three uh, safety looks and they're doing it again. Moore and Jimmy Ward give you the versatility to be able to run you know three safety looks and then have those guys go up in the slot and take somebody away. That versatility is really nice to have in your football team. So Tarverius Moore is obviously going to have a nice role in this defense. I also think that we're going to see him play around in the box more than we've seen in, in recent memory, even with uh, Talano Hufanga, who Talano Hufanga is, is still just making plays. And in one-on-ones, he was tough to beat. He had a, a couple of breakups. He could have had an interception as well. So, yeah, Hufanga definitely improved from last year where he struggled a little bit in one-on-one, so now he's out there uh, dictating what's going on. Uh, Shane, Arizona for, for Arizona 49ers Empire says, what was Kittle's t- TD play? Uh, he he ran a simple up, and I mean, he ran a simple out. Yeah, he just beat the guy to the spot. He caught the ball. Trey actually clutched on it, um, then got the ball out. He caught it. He turned to the side and then reached out over the pylon for a touchdown. 
Uh, it was a nice play overall. They had ran a sprint right option earlier, and the ball was dropped, and not by George Kittle, by, by somebody else, but they came back to it. Uh, they were able to get Kittle the ball. It wasn't a sprint right option this time, but just a simple play to the sideline that he made the play and scored on. Uh, B-Lift says, will Armstead be ready for the season? Yeah, he's going to be ready to go against Chicago. It's a knee sprain, and from his own Twitter and his own mouth he said that you know it's not a big deal i'm gonna be back i'm gonna be better than ever i'm gonna be okay uh so i think we can count on armstead being ready for chicago and i think they're gonna monitor him and kinlaw and make sure they keep him safe after suffering some of these interior defensive line injuries they know there's a premium on keeping those guys healthy um jan says armstead project projected to return by the second game Interesting. I thought it was a three-week injury, Jan. Uh, so I think he will be back by then because there is about a, what, a week and a half until our first preseason game. Then we have, you know, those preseason games are three and 13 days. But then we have another 17 days between that and the first game. I mean, 30 days should be plenty for him to go ahead and get healthy from the sprained knee and be ready to roll. Uh, so he says they said it. he's only out two to three weeks, but I said sit him for throughout the preseason. I'm in agreement with that. Uh, B-Lift says, yeah, that's what I'm hoping. They decide on doing with him as well. No need to rush him back. I don't think anyone you know, really wants to see him get rushed back. They want to see him healthy you know, and, and ready to uh, make plays. And, and that's what thing. We need Armstead on the inside. Armstead was very important to the 49ers defense last year, and I think he's going to be just as important this year. Him and Kinlaw's job is not just to stop the run, but to also keep offensive linemen off of Fred Warner, where Fred Warner can flow and be able to locate the windows that he needs to go through on the on the offensive line and make plays on running backs in the backfield. When they do that, it's going to help him. So that's what's very important about some about uh, the interior defensive line, and that's why they were going out and getting guys who are good against the run on first and second down, like Hassan Ridgeway, you know, like. Uh, Robert Kandiche, that's things that they do that are going to be beneficial to Fred Warner's game. Part of what happened to Fred Warner in 2021 was guys were getting blocked and they were able to get Lyman to second level and get them on Fred. And Fred was having to fight through those and shed those blocks. And it wasn't easy. That's not what Fred does well. What Fred does well is flow. Uh, he can shed a block, but you know, getting on him with offensive linemen makes his job a lot more difficult. Of course, it will help him having his running makes Aziz Al Shire, Drake Greenlaw next to him. That's when he's gonna able to flow and do the, the things that he wants to do. Uh 49 Faithful Forever says, How does Nick Zakel look looking inside? He looks good. He has moments where he looks good. He looks like a rookie to me. Um, there were moments I saw him last week. There was one play in particular. I was I was focused in on Nick Zakel. I wanted to see how he did. He was going against Maurice Hurst. And he was a run play, and he absolutely used heavy hands and hit Maurice Hurst and knocked him inside, creating a nice hole. It was a nice play for Nick Zakel. I think Zakel is continuing to grow. Zakel is continuing to get better. And Zakel and Schluter uh, were the, the rookie hype train today. We got a Stone Cold Steve Austin music. Zakel with the Stone Cold Stunner on Schluter. That was pretty fun. Uh, JLE says, any changes to your projected roster? Yeah, I think right off, you know, projected Maurice Hurst was going to make this roster. That is not the case anymore. So go ahead and make sure that Kevin Givens is on the interior defensive line. I want to wait and see what's going to happen to Ridgeway. But I do think Ridgeway is still going to be on this roster right now. That is the main change. I still think they're going to keep five offensive linemen. I still think the tight end room is going to look the same. Now, if we get different word that Charlie Warner is going to start the year on the pup list, uh, then we can start discussing who's going to be that third tight end, you know, with Tyler Croft because Croft has looked really good, but Fumagalli has looked good too. Uh, Jordan Matthews had looked good until we had the injury. So I, I think there's a lot of guys still competing for that tight end spot. And if Charlie Warner is not ready to go, it would definitely open up another spot. Uh, Nathan Dickey says when West is going to get some center action, West has been getting limited center action right now. He gets limited reps with the third team. The third team has been rotating through and he's been taking all those snaps. Uh, so I, I think that, you know, West continues to, to, to work on his craft and get better. Um, but, you know, today was his first day in pads. Let's see what happens if he's able to, you know, continue to move up this depth chart. Maybe he can go up there and challenge one of those guys, but right now, nothing. Uh, so he says, any word on Kalia Davis? No, I saw Kalia Davis on Saturday. He was out there in street clothes, hanging out. 
but they have him on the pup list. I think they plan on keeping him on the pup list because the injury happened. You know, it's actually not the pup. It's it's the NFI. Um, but it, he's going to be on that list probably into the year because they don't want to lose him. Uh, because right now it's tough sledding for this defensive line. Now they could always bring him off during the year if they felt they needed interior defensive line help. That is probably going to be his role uh, for 2022 is he's more of an emergency thing. Oh, we need to break the glass. Let's bring him in because I do think they would love for him to have another year of development and another year to get healthy because his knee injury just happened. So I think that Kalia Davis will be an impact player for the 40 years, but not until 2023. Uh, what's up, D. Will? Welcome to chat. Glad you glad you made it in. Uh, Jan says, how are all the draft prospects doing? Um, I, I think all of them are continuing to you know, work on their game and get better. I think, you know, there are guys that have definitely stepped up. There are guys that have their moments. There's guys that are a little bit slower as far as picking things up. I mean, we've had guys who have had flashes, you know, TDP's had some really, really good moments. Danny Gray has had some moments down the field that were exciting that maybe if the ball was a yard or two down farther, he would have had some more explosive plays. I think those are cool. Uh, seeing him in motion and get the ball on fly sweeps is something you can add to the repertoire of this 49ers offense. So those things are good. Drake Jackson, I talked about him last week. The things that he was doing to Justin Sewell uh, were impressive. Got to watch him today uh, do the hoop drill. He looked pretty good, pretty flexible. He's getting there. He's Right now, he's behind Charles Aminiu. He's behind these other guys, but he's definitely improving. Uh, and thank you so much, D-Will, for the $5 Super Chat. Did Fred make a great play, or did Trey just throw it to him? Okay, so Trey, Trey, just, Trey threw it to him. But Fred made a great play at the same time because he did not see Fred. Um, part of the reason that this interception happened, D-Will, is the pressure that Trey Lance was under was immense. There was pressure coming from both edge rushers. He tried to step up in the pocket. Another guy was coming from the interior. He slid to the right. When he did, I believe Fred Warner was no longer in his vision. He saw Brandon Ayuk coming across on the crosser. He threw the ball and Fred did what Fred does, jumped up, made an interception. I know everyone said it's very Jimmy Garoppolo. I did not get that sense. I thought Trey had a lot going on, and he tried to make a play. But I wouldn't be mad at Trey for this, this interception. I wouldn't be mad at Jimmy at this interception. I like the fact he was trying to move around the pocket and make something happen. These are those teachable moments you want to have. So, you know, they can look at it on film and say, okay, Trey, you know, here's what happened. Now you need to know what you need to look for and pick these things up. So it's a good learning experience. And I know Fred, from the things that he said last year, will go to Trey Lance and say, hey, this is what I saw. This is what I did. So that way they can continue to work on it. So I actually enjoy these situations coming out because have them happen in training camp, have them happen in preseason. So when you get into the regular season, you have recognition of what happened. And then you can look back and say, you know what? I'm going to do it different this time. I'm not going to make that mistake. I need to locate this linebacker before I throw the football because a sack is a lot better situation than a turnover. And, and that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, B-Lift says, out of all the rookies we drafted this year, who is having the best training camp so far, in your opinion? Uh, let me think. I, I think as far as rookies go, I'm going to go with Drake Jackson for the mere fact I've seen him doing some things. Um, but I think the guys who could have the most impact early on in the season are TDP and Danny Gray. I think those are two guys that can definitely make plays early on for the offense because both of them are progressing nicely. I just think Drake Jackson has the uh, talent to be something special. The problem with Drake Jackson is he's behind all these other really good football players. Uh, so even though he gets better, everyone else in front of him is really, really good. Uh, so I, I think that those three guys, and then those are our top three picks, are the guys that are making plays and improving rapidly. And then I think after that, you know, you're talking Spencer Burford. He's doing it. So they've got rookies that are out there developing. They've got some undrafted rookies as well. And 49ers Faithful says, any Leon O'Neill updates? Uh, watch Leon O'Neill extensively. He he works out in front, you know, in front of me most of the days when I'm there. Uh, I think Leon O'Neill has had moments where he's looked good, uh, where he's flying around, and then there's moments that he struggles a little bit. And those are in the coverage area. I think he's gonna he's got to continue to understand to listen to his teammates around him to get better. Uh, it's tough sledding at that safety position right now. So I think O'Neill's got a lot to learn. Uh, Taylor Hawkins, who I've been happy with, and and. You know, he, he's been my guy. He struggled a little bit today. Today wasn't his best day. So he's going to have to get better and work harder. Uh, but these guys are adjusting the pads, adjusting to the speed of the game. 
but we'll see. I think it's going to be tough for Leon O'Neill or Taylor Hawkins, you know, to beat out those top four guys because they're really good. I mean, we're talking about the the, the bottom two guys being Tarverius Moore with starting experience and George Odom with starting experience. Uh, that's just tough for any undrafted free agent uh, to make a football team. But hey, they they're working hard. Forty uh, Dyer Faithful Forever says uh, gives me a four a four ninety super chat and says amazing work and I love these camp updates. Uh, thanks so much Forty Dyer Faithful Forever. I, I've really been enjoying it as well. I'm enjoying the great the great questions and conversation that we've been having, and I've been enjoying going out there and watching it. It's a definitely a fun environment getting to spend it with a bunch of 49er fans and then just, you know, getting coming back and talking football with great 49er fans like yourselves. It definitely makes for good days. So uh, thanks so, so much for the super chat. I really do appreciate that. And I appreciate everyone that's been in chat, leaving great questions, leaving super chats. It, it means a lot. I've, I've been having a lot of fun and got to meet a lot of really good people again today. So it's always nice when I get to meet everyone. I, I'm always excited about that. Uh, Soli says, I heard Robert Kendiche is doing really good in practice. Yeah, Kendiche looks like a bona fide pro. Uh, he he's he's exciting to watch. Um, he's not like one of those guys. I mean, he's he's not gonna he's not Javon Kinlaw. You know, he's not Eric Armstead. Uh, but he's right there with them. I mean, he's out there competing with a Kevin Givens, for instance. So Kendiche might end up making this roster with the injury to Maurice Hurst. We'll see. It all depends on if the 49ers decide to keep seven edge rushers or six. Um, every time we have an injury, it appears it's going to go one way or the other, but we'll see. Uh, D. Will says, yeah, you know he's going over film tonight. Yeah, these guys get into it right after practice. They're getting into the film. So I think it's exciting. I think these coaches get to really work and, and drive things home with these guys, and they get better and better. And that's what I'm really looking for. You know, I mean, I could look at results and I could say, hey, you know, you know, Spencer Burfer got beat you know, twice for two sacks, or he did this, but I could also look back and say, hey, on Wednesday, Spencer Burford's technique was wrong. Spencer Burford was going to the wrong place, and now he's doing the right things. What you want to see is a continued improvement, you know, from that position group, and I think that's one thing you're seeing from a lot of these guys. So even though they're still making mistakes and still getting beat at times, just remembering that they're developing, they're getting better. Hey, maybe he didn't get beat as bad this time. You know, this time he was able to anchor and didn't get pushed back. I think those things to remember as we're continuing to talk through training camp because it's not about results at training camp. It's not about touchdowns. It's not about interceptions. Um, it's about making plays, but also being in the right positions, doing the right things every single time. That's more important. And 49ers Faithful Forever says, any injuries that were concerning today? Yeah, I think, number one, that Javon Kinlaw wasn't out there. I think it's a little bit of a concern. If it's just a normal maintenance day, I will pull back that concern and not be worried. That just means it's a part of his plan that they're putting forth to get him ready for the season, and then I'm okay with it. Jeff Wilson Jr. was working on a side field. That was a little nerve-wracking, but he was working hard. I mean, he was going hard. Uh, he was doing uh, side moves and, and really moving fast, so I think he's going to be okay. So I don't know exactly what that was. Uh, but then also Jordan Matthews did suffer some sort of a knee injury. I don't know what the extent of it was, but when he tried to come back after 20 minutes, he wasn't able to and had to leave the field. So that was some of the concerns. I, I don't, if I missed any, I don't know for sure. I was trying to watch everything, uh, but it is crazy out there when you get everybody on all these different parts of the field. Uh, it was, it's fun, but uh, it's crazy to catch every little thing that happens. Uh, John uh, San Francisco says, I'm just waiting for all the de deception Kyle Finn to come up with, with evil hand rubs. You're right. And what's up, Rick Sanchez. Hope you're having a good one. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is Kyle's going to come up with some stuff. He's put a little bit in right now. We've seen some of the motions, some misdirections, moving Kyle, use check around, uh, moving, uh, Ray Ray McLeod around. Now you're going to have Debo Samuel with Debo Samuel's contract. You know, wide back is here to stay, which means we're going to have a lot of excitement coming from this offense. I look for continually this offense to get better as the install grows. I think that's when Kyle Shannon is going to get more aggressive as he continues to ramp this up for the season. But every single day, they're still installing a little bit more plays, a little bit more of some of the things that they've got to do on offense, also on defense. Okay, we're going to work on the blitzing this time. We're going to work on the zones this time. There's a lot of things that need to go into this. So there's still an install. They don't have it all in. Uh, so it, it's going to happen at some point that you're going to start to see all of the exciting offense in with all of these players working together, uh, but we're not there yet. What was nice was seeing Debo and Brandon Ayuk out there together, which meant you would see Joan Jennings or Ray Ray McLeod in the slot. So it kind of put everyone back into their more defined roles, which was fun to watch. Uncle Rob says, how 
how did coach like training camp? He was one that took me to my first on in Rockland. Yeah, my dad uh, actually went to camp with me today and watched. He was watching the defensive backs. He's a former defensive backs coach. So I said, he said hey, he was going to watch the defensive backs. I said, that's awesome. I'm going to let you watch them a lot, and I'm going to focus in on everything else. And we had some good conversations on the way back. He talked a lot about Tal Nufonga, how impressed he was with him. Of course, Trevor Eric's Ward and Emmanuel Mosley were definitely impressive. So they were guys who stood out, but he was over the moon about Tal Nufonga's improvement. So I think that's cool. And uh, yeah, Uncle Rob, uh, training camps in Rockland were hot. Uh, that was no joke out there in Rockland. Uh, so that, those were good times out there with the, the dynasty teams. So that was always a good time. Uh, Joey doesn't like Trey, you know, and uh, Joey, you can you can definitely say that for sure. Um, I, I think that it's okay for anyone to have that take. Just why do you believe that at this point? Uh, I don't think there's anything that proves Trey is going to be over the top great or not great. I think right now he's a, a quarterback that's in development. He's a young player who's learning and getting better. And Trey right now is tremendously better than the quarterback that I saw a year ago. Um, so I think that I'm excited about his improvement. I think he's going to continue to improve. He's finding checkdowns. He's locating receivers. He's making tremendous throws. He's running and using his legs when he needs to. And I think as this offense expands and he feels comfortable with the reads, I think you're going to see more and more really good moments uh, from Trey Lance. So I'm, I'm still excited about Trey Lance. I, I know, you know, that there's a lot of people that go one way or the other, either, you know, Trey's a, a bust or Trey's great. Uh, but either way, I think we all want Trey to be good because we want this team to be good. Um, so I, I think we just, we'll just continue to go down that road of Trey's going to continue to develop. And that's what it's going to be with a lot of these young football players all along the team. <laughs> KMDR says, wish my dad took me to training camp. Oh, uh, yeah. Training camp is, used to be in Stockton. That was the easiest for me to get to. Now it's about, you know, it takes me about two hours with traffic to get there. Uh, so it's two hours there, two hours back, two hours actually watching it. So that's a six-hour day right there. But it's super exciting. I mean, who wouldn't want to go? And the fact that it was raining uh, to start practice, it, it was like, okay, here we go. We're about to get, we're about to do some hits. All right, 49ers Faithful says, updates on Hasty. I got some. I mean, Hasty looked good today. I, I might say today was Jermichael Hasty's best day. He looked really good in the passing game. He had some nice catches. He had a nice sweep where he got around the outside, uh, made someone miss. Now, I don't know how much of that was him making someone miss all the way. It's hard to see sometimes when they get on the far field, uh, you know, it, or if that was somebody that let up. Uh, but he was definitely moving, and he was grooving, and he was getting after it. So I think Jermichael Hasty had a good day. He's definitely looking like he's still in competition for that you know, running back three spot uh, or third down back spot. Uh, and with Jeff Wilson Jr. being out, I think that's his main battle is with Jeff Wilson Jr. So this is Jermichael Hasty's time to go seize it. It was just a year ago that Jermichael Hasty seized the moment and took over the third down back role for the 49ers. And he did not, did not let up on that. He continued to take that job all the way through training camp. So uh, Jermichael Hasty had a good day. Um, but we'll see how it pans out. There's a lot of really good running backs, and that's what Jan is saying right here. Let's not get hasty on hasty. Um, there's a lot of good running backs, and so far, each of them have had good days. It was just Saturday that I know a lot of people have been down on Trey, uh, Trey Sermon, but I saw a nice run from Trey Sermon where I seen a mixture of, of vision, balance, and, and getting vertical on a run play. And I'm like, okay, sometimes I don't look at the total amount of yards but overall, how the run, the consistency of the run, you know, what his angles look like from the time he left his stance till he got to the line of scrimmage. Those are the things I'm focused on. And when he did it, he looked great. He got eight yards on the play. Now, nobody's going to run home and be like, oh, my gosh, Trey Sermon had eight-yard play. But when you saw the development of the play, I guarantee you when he goes back to his running back coach, uh, Anthony Lynn and, or Kyle Shannon, they're going to say, hey, great vision, great run, good job. Uh, those are things to get excited about. It's just like with Jordan Mason's run today. It ended up being like a 10-yard gain. But to get that 10 yards, it took a tremendous amount of vision, about a lot of patience, and then the the you know ability to put his foot in the ground and change directions immediately. Those are things you like to see. Um, so I've been... I've been very you know excited about all these running backs in certain moments. I think preseason is going to be what determines which one of these guys make the team. I think I would be worried if I was Trey Sermon, you know, right now because Jordan Mason is definitely getting better and all of them and and I'm going to say this, every single one of them has gotten better in the passing game. Uh TDP from the first time I saw him, he's better in the passing game. Trey Sermon 
is immensely better than last year, catching the football, the backfield. Uh, and then Elijah Mitchell is just smooth. Uh, Jamichael Hasey's smooth. Those guys are really good. So it's it's a good room overall. There's a lot of balance amongst the room. I'm excited about the running back room. I'm just glad I don't have to make the decision on who gets cut and who doesn't because right now there's six guys in the mix to make this. And all the while, you know that Debo Samuel is going to take some of those carries. So we'll, we'll see what happens with that running back room, but that's one of the good ones. And, um, you know, that's one of the questions we get the most of is about the running back room and the interior offensive line. And that's the thing. If the interior offensive line is able to block at a high level, which all those players were drafted as good run blockers, if they could get the run game going, it will open things up for the pass game. So hopefully that happens because that would be really good for this offense. Jay Ellie says McAfee and Hawk are liking what they see and hear from Lance. I like it too. I think Lance is continuing to elevate himself as a leader. I, I like that you know that he's continuing to uh, make the right reads. There are moments I feel like he holds the ball a little long, um, but it's better than last year when we saw him against Arizona when we saw him against Houston. There were moments where he held on to the football. He's looking for an opportunity to get it. Now, when I see him holding the football a little long, the first thing I do is locate his wide receivers. Are any of them open? And most of the time, it's Clamp City. I mean, this this defense is no joke. They're getting after it. It's tough for him right now. That's the good news. And that's the thing. We got Jan saying sharp uh, steel sharpens steel, iron sharpens iron, right? Those sayings are popular because that's the truth. And this defense is only going to make the 49ers offense better. Could I mean, the 49ers offense may never see a better defense than they're seeing right now every day in practice. So that's something to say. I think Trey's going to continue to get better the more he gets comfortable. He's already throwing with anticipation. I mean, do we have little, you know, throws behind at times? You know, little things like that, of course. We've seen that from every quarterback. I went and watched, you know, Joe Montana in Rockland, Steve Young in Stockton, Alex Smith in Jimmy Garoppolo. You know what I mean? Everyone makes those throws sometimes. It's hard to be on all the time. It's just, can you do it consistently? I think he can develop into someone that can do it consistently. Lou says, can you tell any difference between how Taylor and Lynn coach the running back position? No, not right now. I mean, I've been watching the drills. They're not entirely different from what I've seen last year, which doesn't surprise me because you're going to have consistency in the drills that you run. There might be a couple variations here or there, but consistency because of the type of scheme you run in the offense. So you're going to run certain drills that you know work certain things uh, because you want to get better in those areas. So I think that right now there's not going to be a lot of difference. There might be a few variations here and there, but Anthony Lynn and 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 Coach Turner, Bobby Turner, are very similar in the way they go about these running backs. So subtle differences, yes. Big differences, no. We'll see how that translates overall to the field. One thing I do know is there's only one running back on this football team that is small, and that's Jamichael Hasty. Everyone else is big and physical. You can tell the difference speed-wise, between Elijah Mitchell and everyone else. Um, but the other guys still move fast enough to make plays. I mean, when Jordan Mason caught that ball over the middle, he didn't just get caught right away. There was a, a lot of time where he was running pretty solid and it took him a while to get to him. So these guys have enough speed. Is it special speed? Is it, you know, is it four, three speed? No, it's not. Um, but if these guys get out front, they can rumble, stumble and bumble for 30 yards. And I think that's what 49ers and Kyle Shannon are excited about. Um, for your faithful Fred says we're going to see the best secondary we've seen in Kyle Sh John era. I think you're right. I don't even think that's a question. Uh, the fact that Charvarius Ward comes in with Emmanuel Mosley playing and maybe the best I've seen him in his time in San Francisco, you throw in the fact right now that you have Jimmy Ward still playing at a high level and the emergence of Talanoa Fonga. Now let's see how he continues to develop. But right now I'm optimistic about who Fonga playing opposite of Jimmy Ward. And I'm very optimistic about Darquez Denard. So far from what I've seen from him, he looks good. He looks comfortable. His footwork is good. He's physical. So I'm excited about him. And all the while, we've got a lot of young depth. You know, there, there are some people that are struggling in the secondary, that's for sure. But we'll see how it, how it develops. We'll see how it gets better. Um, so we'll see what happens. Um, but yeah, and then Mr. Corey says, Jordan Mason is making the team over Jeff Wilson Jr., I think that's going to be tough. I really do. Now, I did like Jordan. I thought Jordan Mason had a very good practice today. He definitely stood out. Jeff Wilson Jr. didn't practice, which isn't good. But Jeff Wilson Jr. has been having consistently good carries and also catching the ball pretty well in the backfield, and we already know he can block. Uh, so I think it's going to be hard to beat out Jeff Wilson Jr. I wonder if the guy out is Jamichael Hasty. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
Uh, Lou says, Turner, not Taylor, spell check. Oops, it's all good. Uh, we, we know what you're talking about. And Freddie Mac Drake comes with any rookie standout. Yeah, I think Drake Jackson standing out. Um, TDP's having some good plays. And then Danny Gray's speed being able to take the top off. But I think Drake Jackson's the one that stands out the most. Uh, I don't know if he's going to have the most impact on the 2022 season, but he stands out the most because his the, some of the things he did to Justin Skule just a, you know last week were very impressive. I mean, he got past him, he turned the corner, and he got to the quarterback in a hiccup. It was very nice. I was excited about that. So I do think that he's going to grow consistently, um, and I think sky's the limit for him. I think by the you know midway through the year, he could be making a huge impact rushing off the edge. So I'm I'm definitely excited about him. Uh, he he's one guy I watched today go through the hoop drills just to see how he was. Now is he as good as you know Kerry Hyder and Charles Aminihu and Nick Bosa and Samson Ebicom? No, he's not. Uh, but he's getting there, and I think that his flexibility in his hips and the way he's able to to turn the corner, flexibility in his ankles, those things are going to pay off for him. He's not a stiff athlete, so eventually he's going to develop all those skills. And his hand his hand movement is getting a little bit better. They continue to work on him. That's something he's going to have to get better at. But uh, eventually, he's going to get it. So I'm excited. Uh, Jan says, and also the defense may not play many better offenses than ours as well. That's a good possibility. Let's see what this offense looks like against another defense. Uh, the first time we'll probably get to hear anything about this is when they have their joint practices with Minnesota. Let's see what happens in that situation. So uh, it's just a matter of time before that we get to find out exactly how they look you know are we going to get a jimmy garoppolo throwing five picks against denver situation for trey i doubt it uh but i also don't know how much kyle shannon is going to let trey lance run the football and right now trey lance is going to open up the run game uh by you know running some of the read options and think they're doing out of pistol and, and uh and shotgun so we'll see how it goes uh hugh wilkins says you can make the case that the foreigners have the best uh d line in the league the best linebackers in the league and the best secondary in the league Hugh, i'm with you I really am. And I think what sells it for me is number one, the D line depth wise, number one, I think that's easy. The linebackers, fantastic. One, one to three, and even four and five are pretty deep. And actually six, because Curtis Robinson's been playing well. What a deep room at the linebacker position. Tamiko Ryan's has got to be excited about it. And then the secondary, my questions would have been safety opposite of Jimmy Ward and nickel corner because we lost K1 Williams. Darquez Denard has looked good to me. He's looked comfortable. He's an experienced player in this league. He was a first-round draft pick. I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about Jason Verrett coming back and what that means for this secondary. If he's going to play in the nickel, is Emmanuel Mosley going to play in the nickel? I think there's so many possibilities that you're right, Hugh. You could argue that this team has you know, one of the best almost at every single area. It's exciting. We'll see what happens when they get out there. Of course, you have to prove it on the field, but on paper, it looks really nice. And the improvements that Hufong has made have definitely helped. Uh, and it helped ease my mind because I see him flying around making plays, undercutting routes, and almost coming up with intercept interceptions. That's what we need from our guy opposite of Jimmy Ward. 49ers faithful forever. Says, will Drake Jackson eventually resemble Ahmad Brooks in terms of production? I think so. I think Drake Jackson could actually eclipse that. Uh, playing opposite of Nick Bosa is going to afford you some opportunities to get one-on-one -on -one matchups. So I think Drake Jackson will eventually have a lot of opportunities to make plays, and I think it could actually be better than Ahmad Brooks uh, because I think he's a better athlete than Ahmad Brooks. Brooks was a great athlete, but Drake Jackson's a better athlete with better bend to get around the corner. Ahmad Brooks could work his way around the corner. He was physical, uh, and he could definitely bull rush you. But there's two things that are going to help uh, along the way. Number one, Ahmed Brooks was an outside linebacker who worked on his pass rush moves you know, with a guy that believed in bull rushing all the time. Second of all is Chris Kacerik is going to help with the production of Jake, Drake Jackson because he's going to help him improve. So I think Drake will be the guy. And if that happens, you got to be super excited about pick 61 in the 2021 NFL draft. Um, Mr. Corey says, and a, sus a suspect O-line outside of Trent Williams there are definitely question marks right now around the offensive line. They're going to have to improve. They're going to have to get more camaraderie and consistency um, play in and play out. One of the ways it's going to be is them just getting consistent snaps together. They're still working in Trent Williams. Of course, you know, he had the birth of his child. And then you still working in um, 
Mike McGlinchey because he had time off as well because of the injury. So they've got to get chemistry. They've got to get this worked out. But I think they're trying, you know, and one of the ways they're going to do that is figure out the center position. I think once they figure out the center position, I think everything else will kind of fall in line because if Jake Brendel wins the center position, I think Daniel Brunskill is going to move back to guard. And that means Spencer Burford is going to take less reps with the ones. He'll probably be a number two at that point. Um, so it's going to be exciting. Tommy Ox says the secondary will be top 10, not number one. You're probably right. I mean, they probably are a top 10 uh, secondary right now. The, the corners are playing out of this world. They're playing fantastic, but a top 10 secondary in this league with the number one linebacker, and the number one defensive line definitely makes the 40 yards in the conversation for the best overall defense in the league. So I don't think that many defenses are going to be able to pull that uh, together and, and come up with a group like that. Um, Let's see what else we got. Uh, I think Banks is going to make a huge stride this year. I think Banks is going to get better as well. Uh, Sac Francisco says, has Samuel Womack got a chance to snag him one of these TC picks? No, we haven't seen Womack making those interceptions yet. In fact, it's been really quiet from the nickel position right now. A lot of that had to go in with what Kyle Shanahan was doing on offense. He wasn't running a lot of three wide receiver sets. He was going with a lot of his base stuff. That didn't you know, have situations where the 49ers were out of their base 4-3. When they're not in their base 4-3, you don't have the nickel corner on the field. That limited Samuel Womack's ability to get out there because right now they've been going with Charverius Ward, Emmanuel Mosley as a starting two corners, and then the next two in are Ombre Thomas and Diameter Lenore. So everybody else is getting snaps after that. You know, whether that's Womack, Tariq Castro Fields, um, they're trying to figure it out. Quantrez Knight playing in the nickel, but once again, we saw a lot of three wide receiver groups today. Um, so they're going to continue to get there. Uh, Jay Ellie says, waiting for Jason Verrett to come back as well. Yeah, Jason Verrett is going to be back. I mean, that's the thing, right? I mean, and that's what Kyle Shanahan said the other day. He goes, JV is going to be back at some point. And that's the case. You're going to get Jason Verrett back. And then how good is this secondary going to be with those three guys on top? It's, it's a fantastic group. I'm really, really excited about the defense. The defense shows out every single day. Once the offense starts really making a lot of plays, they've made some plays today. Well, once they start making a lot of plays, I'm going to get more and more excited. But we do know always the defense starts out strong and the offense has to pick it up um, because, I mean, the, the timing, the chemistry, there's a lot that goes into it. You throw in the fact that you're going with a, a first-year starter at quarterback, a first-year starter at center, uh, if it's not Daniel Brunskill, a first-year starter at right guard, left guard, first-year starter. There's a lot of people that are learning along the way so I'm excited about the group, but they got a tremendous amount of development that still needs to come. And Mr. Corey says, I'm excited about Banks, but center and right guard are a concern. They definitely are. And, you know, and we're going to see. We're gonna see I want to see what Burford looks like tomorrow. I saw Burford today. I saw his struggles. But what's it going to look like tomorrow? If he improves for tomorrow, then I'm excited about him. If not, then okay, we got some more question marks, right? But I want to give these guys time because we are in the first day of pads. If we were talking, if this was Saturday or Sunday, I'm right there with you, Mr. Corey. I'd be concerned if I saw that what happened to Spencer Burford and practice happened on Sunday or Monday, I'd be worried. But first day of, of pads, learning the game, learning the physicality, the speed of the game, no, I'm not really that concerned yet. Uh, Lou says, will Verrett start on the pup? Um, I haven't heard that yet. I know that I've I've heard other you know content creators talk about that as a possibility that Jason Verrett could start on pup. If they felt like they wanted to stash him, maybe he needed more time to get healthy. That is definitely something they could do. They don't have to use a roster spot for him, and then eventually they could bring him off pup and bring him back. So I wouldn't rule that out as a possibility, but I don't know yet. We'll see. Uh, if, if they feel like they've got the two guys on the outside and then Darquest and Art at the nickel corner spot, and they don't want to lose one of these young players right now, they definitely could. So we'll see if he starts out on pup. I'm interested. Uh, Mr. Corey says, Ant, if Mason doesn't beat out Wilson, he will beat out Trey Sermon. He might. You know what I mean? Right now, he might. Let's see. Uh, I thought he had a good day today. He's, let's see if he can stack a good day tomorrow. I mean, his physicality uh, is going to eventually be on display. We haven't seen it all the way. Of course, they don't take him to the ground at 49ers training camp, but um, you can definitely tell that they're running through arm tackles and things like that. I thought today what was really on display was Mason's versatility to catch the ball in the backfield. And then also his vision and balance, which, I mean, I've seen some good things from Trey Sermon. I, I really have. Now, do I think Mason had a better day today than, than Sermon had on Saturday? Absolutely. Do I think Trey Sermon needs to continue to elevate his game? Yeah, I do. 
Uh, so we're, we're going to see what happens. But right now, we don't know for sure what this running back room is going to look like. All we know is some of these guys are having are having some good days. And I'm I'm not with you all the way yet on Tommy. Uh, Tommy on Sermon is a bust. Uh, he could be. Um, but right now, I think it's too early to tell. We just got through day one of pads. Sermon is better than he was last year. A lot better. Uh, so I think we can take that into account. Sermon's better than last year. What? How good he's going to be, we don't know. Uh, but we're going to we're gonna find out. We're going to find out over the next several days and then into the preseason. And um, 49ers Faithful Forever says, Dante Johnson at safety. Yeah, Dante Johnson has been playing safety. So I think he's going to continue to get reps there. Uh, I, he can play anywhere. And that's that's his flexibility and versatility. The question is, is he going to be able to make the 53-man roster? I think right now that's difficult. It's going to be difficult for him to make the initial 53-man. Do I think he potentially will come back on the practice squad and then help out this team at some point during the season? Yes. And his versatility is the reason why. They can bring him up and have him play safety, nickel corner, or outside in a pinch. So I think Dante Johnson finds a way to be you know, in or around this team during this season, but we'll see right now. I don't know if he's going to translate to a, a starting safety or, I mean, to a, a safety that makes a 53-man roster because I think the four guys up top are really, really good. Uh, JLE says, favorite match from SummerSlam. I'm going to go ahead and go with Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar for the mere, uh, mere reason that they picked up the ring uh, and Roman Reigns went tumbling out. I thought it was entertaining, so I'm going to go with that one. Uh, so, guys, this was an absolutely great stream. I had such a good time uh, talking with everyone, and everyone had such good questions. Of course, the 49ers are going to be back at it tomorrow, which means I will be back out there in Santa Clara tomorrow for more training camp, and then I'm going to come back here and talk to all of you about it. So if you were watching and you had an opportunity, uh, thanks for uh, you know liking and, and commenting and everything else. I, I really appreciate that. If you end up coming out to training camp, you know, come out there and find me. Come out there and say hello. Uh, lots of people did it today, and I was very excited about that. Getting to getting to see people say hello, um, you know, and talking with uh, 49er fans, it was a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm I'm definitely excited about it. And then, uh, wow, did we just get another super chat? 49er George 365. What is up, 49er George? Uh, so I got to talk to 49er George a lot today. And at 49 George with a $99 super chat. Appreciate you. Shout out to Pops. Enjoyed our chat at our first padded practice. Yeah, 49ers George had a great conversation with my dad. Uh, he was we had a great conversation together. 49ers George is one of the great people in 49ers land. If you don't know him already, uh, get to know him. What a fantastic person. Thank you so much, 49er George. I enjoyed getting to meet you today out there at training camp. It was a it was a good time. Uh, learned a lot. Uh, you know, from you and just having a good conversation. So, yeah, uh, thank you so much, George. Well, I really appreciate that so much. Just think I was about to sign off, and then 49ers George comes through with that. Uh, that is so awesome. George coming through, I really appreciate. And I appreciate everyone, you know, that is that takes the time to even, you know, come in here and chat and have a conversation with us. It means a lot. Um, so this is a great community of 49er fans, you know, and I, I'm super excited to be a part of it. Uh, a lot of fun out at training camp. I'm looking forward to more. Hopefully, I'll get to meet some of these, you know, other people out there at training camp as well. And if George is out there again, George, you have to find me again because I would love to have more, even more conversation with you. So, everyone, thank you so much for the the great um, chat today. I had a good time. Very excited about training camp, and uh, now I'm just looking forward to getting after it tomorrow. So, thanks everyone so much. It was a great time, great episode. You guys are the way are the ones that make it so great because you come on here with the great questions and we have great conversation. So, thank you all so much. But remember to stay safe. And remember the right way is always the 49ers way.